You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. First Samuel 16 in your Bibles, we have started going through a series and I, I hate it, so I hate missing one service. I, I know in my life I have never missed two Sundays in a row uh, for anything. Um, I Very rarely have I, I don't think I've ever missed a Sunday and a Wednesday for being sick. And I, I feel like I've been gone, I've missed it, I've been chomping at the bit. And the series we had started before was on Sunday nights, we talked about triumph over a troubled life. And remember our first lesson, we talked about Herod and how Herod was troubled when those wise men came and they said, where is he that is born king of the Jews? And that bothered, that irritated, that agitated Herod. And then the next week we talked about a fear of Herod's problem was pride and pride will cause you to be irritated. But then we talked about Pharaoh. And remember, Pharaoh had that dream, and that dream, uh, he didn't know what the future held. And so it was a fear of the unknown that troubled Pharaoh until, of course, Joseph came on the scene and interpreted the dream. A couple weeks ago, we talked about from 2 Corinthians about being troubled by the burdens of life. Remember that verse that says we are troubled on every side, but we're not perplexed. And you get to verse number 10, it says that uh, uh, we are cast down but we're not destroyed. And can I tell you in the Christian life, you will get knocked down and you will get beaten up sometimes, but a just man falleth seven times, but he riseth up again. Uh, don't let your troubles get you down. Don't let the burdens of life weigh you down. Let Christ give you triumph and let Christ give you victory. And he can and he will. First Samuel 16 and verse number 14 the Bible says about King Saul, he was the first king of Israel. It says in verse 14, but the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. And Saul's servant said unto him, behold, now an evil spirit from God troubleth thee. Let our Lord now command thy servants which are before thee to seek out a man who is a cunning player on an harp and it shall come to pass when the evil spirit from God is upon thee that he shall play with his hand and thou shalt be well. And Saul said unto his servants, provide me now a man that can play well and bring him to me. Then answered one of the servants and said, behold, I have seen a son of Jesse, the Bethlehemite, that is cunning in playing and a mighty valiant man and a man of war and prudent in matters and a comely person and the Lord is with him. Wherefore Saul sent messengers unto Jesse and said, send me David thy son, which is with the sheep. And Jesse took an ass laden with bread and a bottle of wine and a kid and sent them by David his son unto Saul. And David came to Saul and stood before him and he loved him greatly. And he became his armor bearer and Saul sent to Jesse saying, let David, I pray thee, stand before me for he hath found favor in my sight. Verse 23, it came to pass when the evil spirit from God was upon Saul that David took an harp and played with his hand. So Saul was refreshed and was well and the evil spirit departed from him. Lord, I pray you'd speak to our hearts as we continue this series. And Lord, I am sure there have been people 
uh, Lord, that have been troubled because of pride. Lord, I think if we're honest, I think we've all been troubled because of our own pride. Lord, I think there have been folks even in this room and those listening and watching who've been troubled because of a fear of the unknown. Lord, I know that there are many who are troubled right now and burdened right now by the cares of this life. And Lord, as we look at this message tonight, I pray that this message would help us. I pray that we would uh, not try to save it for a later date, but I pray we would immediately apply this truth. And may we live according to this truth so that we can experience triumph over a troubled life, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to tonight, I want to do a little bit of a, a Bible study, and we'll, we'll, I won't keep you long, but I definitely need to lay some groundwork because I want you to see how did Saul get to this point? Uh, you would think if you were the king and uh, all you had to do was snap your fingers and people moved and people acted and people responded and you, you didn't have to worry about uh, going through Congress and you didn't have to worry about a, a judiciary system. You were, you were the king, you were the man, everything you said, it was done and that was that. But yet here's King Saul and the Bible says he's troubled. And the Bible tells us that it was an evil spirit from the Lord that troubled him. Now, I want to say that this did not happen because God wanted Saul's life to be miserable. Now, I want you to think about that statement, okay? If you're here tonight and you're troubled or you're, you're irritated or you're agitated or you're all upset about something or maybe you're listening tonight uh, uh, online and maybe that's you, can I tell you, it's not because God was sitting up in heaven on his throne and he looked down and said, I wonder who I can make miserable today. I, I think Edmund Dixon. I think I'll irritate him. I think I'll make his life miserable. No, as a matter of fact, it's the opposite. God's looking down from heaven and God is wanting to pour out his blessing and God's wanting you to have his peace and God's wanting you to enjoy the abundant, joyful Christian life. Uh, if you're troubled tonight, you better not and I better not blame it on God. It's not God's fault. You say, well, wait a minute. It says that an evil spirit from God troubled him. I know. But God does not do that to his children. Now, God will allow things to happen and God will allow trials to come and God will allow testing to come. Absolutely. But God's not trying to make your life miserable. Your coworkers may do that, especially if you work at Victory Baptist Church and you work with uh, Brother Dan and Brother Caleb and Brother Nathan. They may do that. Uh, you thought I was sick for two weeks. I just had to get a break from those guys. That's the only. No, no, no. I'm just kidding. Maybe you, maybe we're laughing. And by the way, we are kidding in case you're not sure. We, well, I'm kidding anyway. I don't know if they are. But maybe you do have a coworker at work and you think that's their mission. Their mission in life is to make my life miserable. That may be true. Your coworker may do that, but God's not doing that to you. Maybe you have a, a child or maybe you have a family member. Hopefully it's not your spouse, but maybe you've got someone that likes to irritate you. And I tell you, God's not trying to irritate you. God's not doing this because he hates you or because he doesn't want you to be happy. I want you to see quickly how this came about in Saul's life. Notice with me, if you would, 1 Samuel 9, and we're going to go, we're going to flip through pages very quickly. 1 Samuel chapter 9, the Bible tells us that Saul was chosen to be king. Again, it wasn't God's choice for them to have a king, but once they said, We're, we want a king, and they insisted, God 
allowed them to choose and God put his blessing upon King Saul. Notice chapter 10, verse 1. Then Samuel took a vial of oil and poured it upon his head and kissed him and said, Is it not because the Lord hath anointed thee to be captain over his inheritance? Notice verse 6. And the spirit of the Lord will come upon thee and thou shalt prophesy with them and shall be turned into another man. Notice verse number nine. And it was so that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, God gave him another heart. Notice verse 10. When they came thither to the hill, a company of prophets met him and the spirit of God came upon him and he prophesied among them. Now, this is the same Saul that we're going to see a few chapters later. He's troubled. He's irritated. He's agitated, he's angry, he's upset. But here's a man that God chose and God blessed and the spirit of God and the power of God was on him. We get to verse number 26 and the Bible tells us that there went with Saul a band of men whose hearts God had touched. Did you know Saul wasn't in it on his own? He had a group of men that God gave him that helped him and encouraged him and who had been touched by God. Notice with me in chapter 11, verse number uh, six, it says the spirit of God came upon Saul when he heard those things and his anger was kindled greatly. And God, with his spirit and his power, used Saul to be mighty and powerful in battle. We get to 1 Samuel 13 and we see in 1 Samuel 13 that something happened. You see in 1 Samuel 13, after Saul had been king for two years, he got impatient. There was a time he was supposed to meet Samuel and they were supposed to offer a sacrifice and Saul, and by the way, if this isn't like some of us, Saul wanted to do the right thing. He just didn't want to be patient. He just didn't want to do it God's way. He just didn't want to wait on God's timing. And the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 13 that because Saul got impatient, he himself offered a burnt offering to the Lord. And notice verse number 11. It came to pass that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came and Saul went out to meet him and that he might salute him. And Samuel said, what hast thou done? Samuel said, what are you doing? This is not your place. This is not your area. This is not your right to offer the sacrifices. And what were you thinking? Verse 13, Samuel said to Saul, thou hast done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. The Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. Verse number 14, and the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over his people because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. We see in 1 Samuel 14, Saul and Jonathan especially were victorious over the Philistines. Then we get to 1 Samuel 15 and notice with me in verse number uh, three, now go and smite Amalek and utterly destroy all that they have and spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. He was given specific instructions by God to destroy everything in Amalek. But the Bible says 
that they did not destroy everything. Verse number eight, but Saul and the people spared Agag, that was the king, and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them. Verse number 10, then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel saying, it repenteth me that I have set up Saul to be king. For he has turned back from following me and hath not performed my commandments. You see, when Saul was confronted, verse number 13, Samuel said to Saul, Saul, uh, uh, excuse me, Samuel came to Saul and Saul said unto him, blessed be thou of the Lord. I have performed the commandment of the Lord. What? He didn't perform the commandment of the Lord. God told him to kill everything. God told him to destroy everything and he didn't destroy everything. In verse number 13, uh, he says, I've done exactly what God said. In verse 14, Samuel said, What meaneth then this bleeding of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the oxen which I hear? Samuel said, Who are you trying to fool? Who are you trying to kid? Who, who are you trying to mock? He said, You're trying to lie to me and you're trying to lie to God? We see that Saul not only disobeyed God, but we see that Saul then, when confronted, he lied about it. Verse number 17, And Samuel said, When thou wast little in thine own sight, wast thou not made the head of the tribes of Israel? And the Lord anointed thee king over Israel. Notice verse number 22, Samuel said, Hath the Lord his great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord. Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as an iniquity and idolatry because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. He hath also rejected thee from being king. And notice verse 26, Samuel said unto Saul, I will not return with thee for thou hast rejected the word of the Lord and the Lord hath rejected thee from being king over Israel. You see, that's how we get to a point in 1 Samuel 16 where Saul is troubled. And by the way, I think there's several reasons in this story and in this situation how he got to that point. But I want to give you the number one reason I believe that Saul was troubled. The number one reason why he was irritated, he had no peace, he had no rest, he was the king, but he was so troubled in his spirit and I believe it's because he could not and would not obey God. Now you think about how simple that sounds. But that was the reason. Because he would not do what God had said. Can I tell you, when you and I decide we're not going to obey God, when we decide we know better than this book, when we decide we know better than our uh, parents or we know better than our teachers or we know better than our preachers and we know better than, than people that are trying to live for God, when we get to that point and we refuse to obey this book, I promise you every time there's going to be trouble. You're not going to have peace. You're not going to have rest. You're not going to have joy. You're not going to have contentment. You're not going to have any of that. And I hope you don't. And I hope I don't. As long as we are living in disobedience to the word of God, I hope we experience the conviction of the Holy Spirit until we get it right. Saul was living a troubled life because of disobedience. I want you to notice very quickly how easily 
This could be us. We're talking about Saul. But Saul was chosen to be king. God chose Saul. Can I tell you, God has chosen you. God wants to use you. God wants to use me. I think about the potential that Saul had. He was the first king of Israel. Think about all that he could have done. I think about our country. I'm so thankful that we had a, an excellent, we had an incredible first president of the United States of America. Isn't that awesome to read about and study about a man by the name of George Washington? And you read about and how really how God used him in the founding of this nation. Saul could have been a similar story. He probably could have been a better story. But Saul, when he was little in his own sight, he obeyed God. But he got too big for his britches. He got to a point where he thought he knew better than God and he knew better than Samuel and he could do whatever he wanted to do. And Saul disobeyed. And although he was chosen to be king, God had to remove him from that position. Uh, Saul was anointed. He was anointed by Samuel. When you got saved, God gave you the Holy Spirit. What a privilege. But sometimes we don't even talk to the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we don't even uh, live according to the Spirit. Sometimes we don't even care what the Holy Spirit says. And we, we, we tune out the Holy Spirit. Uh, you know how, you, know how you, can, you can get to where there's a certain noise that you hear every day and you don't even notice it anymore? I remember when we were in California and we lived so close to those train tracks and we lived so close to that airport. Can I tell you, I, I forgot. I didn't even know it until I would be outside talking on the phone and you're like, whoa, I can't hear the conversation. You didn't even realize it. You know why? Because you just get used to it. And sometimes we get used to the Holy Spirit speaking to us and we don't respond and we don't obey and we don't do anything. And the next thing we know, we've tuned him out. The next thing we know, we sit through church services or, or we read our Bible or we pray and God speaks and God tries to show us or God tries to tell us something and we are oblivious. Saul was anointed by Samuel, but yet that anointing was wasted. God was with Saul. And by the way, God is with you. God has promised he'll never leave you nor forsake you. God put people in Saul's life to help him, that band of men whose hearts God had touched. Can I tell you, God has given every one of us a church family. God has given us one another to encourage us and help us. And what a shame if we neglect the church and we neglect the family of God. And what a shame if we throw it all out the window and we go do our own thing when we've got a family here of people that are pulling for us and love us and praying for us. God used Saul in battle. God has used, I look around this room and I see so many in this room that God has used so mightily throughout the years. Maybe it's been in a Sunday school class or maybe it's been in a choir or maybe it's been in a, a nursery ministry or a bus ministry or soul winning or giving or serving or whatever it may be. Can I tell you, just because we've accomplished great things in the past, that doesn't mean that we don't have to obey God today. That doesn't mean that we are exempt from obeying what thus saith the Lord today. I think about Saul and how he got impatient. I think about how Saul didn't feel like things were happening fast enough and he didn't feel like the schedule was going right. And so he took matters into his own hands. It's interesting. He didn't go out and worship false gods. He didn't go out and, and decide to live uh, uh, evil, wicked, but he just decided he was not going to do things God's way. He did not obey the commandment of the Lord. 
What about you? What about me? I think sometimes it's easy for us. It's easy for me, I should say. Sometimes we can get impatient with God. Have you ever been there? Have you ever had a prayer request? You just couldn't, you couldn't understand why God didn't answer it sooner or He didn't an, couldn't answer it the way you wanted Him to answer it? Can I tell you, we must wait on God. We must wait on Him and we must not get ahead of God because when we do, we make a mess of things. I see how Saul got another chance to obey God and he obeyed God in the, in the matter of the Amalekites. He obeyed God mostly, but not completely. He did not utterly destroy the Amalekites like God had told him. And then when he was confronted about it, he lied. He would not admit the truth. Can I tell you, sometimes that's us, isn't it? We do something that we shouldn't have done and we get caught or somebody points it out and the first reaction is, I'm going to lie about it. The first reaction is not to tell the truth. Can I tell you, Proverbs 28 tells us, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall find mercy. Let me give you quickly, here's the message. So how do we get triumph over the troubles? How do we get triumph over disobedience. Number one, let me say this, triumph comes from humility. You know what got Saul in trouble? The same thing that gets us in trouble so many times. It is our pride. You look at Saul and you say, how could anybody get to the point where they thought they didn't have to obey God? I don't know. Maybe the same way it happens to you and me. Maybe it happens over time, and maybe it happens because we feel like we're such good Christians, you know? We go to church, and we, we carry our Bible, and, and we go to church, and, and people see us serving, and people see us smiling, and people look at all the great things we've done for God, and maybe that pride starts to creep in, and we think we've got it figured out. We don't have to do what God says. We don't have to obey the Bible. We don't have to listen to the Holy Spirit. And sometimes it is our pride that gets in the way. But triumph and victory always comes from humility. Humble yourself in the sight of God and He will lift you up. Number two, triumph comes from patience. Now, I know we don't like that word. As a matter of fact, um, we have in our society, we have adapted, we have everything right now. Do you remember when you used to order something and you used to have to wait for weeks to get it in the mail? How many of you remember those days? It wasn't that long ago. And you remember you'd wait for weeks and that was just the way it is. Now you order something and if it's not here in two days, I mean, it's panic attack. I mean, it's like the world's coming to an end. How is this possible? I mean, how could I order something and it's not here in 48 hours? You know, it's only coming from, you know, Washington State, you know, or whatever. But that's our, that's our attitude. We go, we go to a drive-through. Now you think about this. You think about how scary this is to order food. We pull in that drive-through and we get up to order it, and by the time we get to that window, two, and, two minutes and 15 seconds later, we expect for them to be handing us a meal. Can I tell you, that is the society and that's the world we live in. We are not patient people. And if you are, I'd like to shake your hand and, and meet you uh, after the service because, can I tell you, most of us aren't. But when it comes to God, 
We must be patient. You see, it's one thing to be patient with people when people make mistakes. Maybe you order that, that, that item in the drive-thru and, and I don't know if you all have heard this lately or not, but oh, that Chick-fil-A drive-thru lately, it has really, really been bad. I think it's some of the Victory Baptist teens that are working there. They're slowing down. No, no, I'm just kidding. But you go to, you go to that Chick-fil-A drive-thru and, and you get up there and they make a mistake and they say, hey, we're going to fix it. We're going to make it right. And you say, okay, well, I can, I can understand that. You've never had to be patient with God because he made a mistake. You've just had to wait on God because his timing and your timing are two different things. We must be patient. Triumph comes from patience. Psalm 37, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. David said in Psalm 40, I waited patiently for the Lord and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. Number three, triumph comes from trusting God. Triumph comes from waiting on God and trusting God and knowing that God's way is best. May not make sense, but God always knows what's best and He always does what is best for you and for me. Number four, we're talking about Saul and why he was troubled. I believe it was because of disobedience. But number four, I'll say this, triumph, victory comes in the Christian life from obeying God. Joshua 1.8, when we obey God's word, God promises that then we will have good success and our way will be prosperous. You look through the Bible, with obedience, there always comes blessing. But with disobedience, there always comes a curse. Victory comes, triumph comes from obedience. Number five, triumph comes from honesty. You know, I have to think that for Saul, that he was already in trouble. But then when he was confronted with his sin, what if he just would have said, Samuel, you're right. I disobeyed. I did not utterly destroy the Amalekites like I was supposed to. And what if he would have repented? What if he would have gotten right? But instead, he had to lie. Triumph and victory and peace always comes from honesty. Psalm 32, 5, I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. Then lastly, I want you to see triumph. Victory always comes from helping those who are struggling. You say, well, pastor, where in the world do you see that? Did you notice who God used to help a troubled person? God used David. Now keep in mind, David, you want to talk about having a rough, a rough time, this very chapter, David was the guy that got overlooked by his own father. His own father told Samuel, he's like, yep, yeah, that's it. If there's going to be a king here, it's going to be one of these guys. And finally, somebody said, what about David? Oh, yeah, I mean, I guess we could bring him in. I tell you what, this day, David was not battling pride. He was probably battling bitterness more than pride because his own family forgot about him. But you know what God used David to do? God used David to help somebody who was troubled, to help somebody that was struggling. And the Bible tells us that verse number um, 13 
Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brethren. And the spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. While the spirit of God had departed from Saul and while Saul was troubled and he was irritated, he was agitated because of his sin and because of his disobedience and because he would not obey God. While he was troubled, here's another guy that comes on the scene and he's got the spirit of God. And he says, you know what? Saul is not a good person and Saul has not done things well. But David said, I'm going to go help that guy. I'm going to go encourage that guy. I'm going to go. I'm going to play my harp. I'm going to see if I can encourage him. I'm going to see if I can refresh him. I'm going to see if I can find somebody that's struggling. And I'm going to see if I can help them get triumph over their trouble. David was able to come and play his harp. And the Bible says in 1 Samuel 16, verse number 23, that he played with his hand and Saul was refreshed. That word refreshed, it literally means to be able to breathe easily. It literally is the idea to be relieved of a burden. And David came and he said, I'm going to help refresh this guy that's troubled. In verse number 23, and he was, Saul was refreshed and was well, and the evil spirit departed from him. You know, I hope that God will help us to get triumph over trouble. And I hope God will help us to get victory over sin and get victory over discouragement. But I hope God will use us to help somebody else to get victory. Wouldn't it be great if God would use us? Wouldn't it be great if there's somebody that this week God would place on your heart and, and, and don't go to them and say, um, excuse me, sir, um, I can tell you got a lot of problems in your life, don't you? You know, please don't do that. But maybe God would lay somebody on your heart this week that's troubled. And maybe it is their own fault. Maybe it is their own sin. Maybe it is their own disobedience. But what if God could use some people that were spirit-filled this week to be a help and to be refreshing and to be an encouragement and to be an example to somebody that's struggling? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.